What's up and welcome back to episode seven of Life with Football. I'm Kyle Smith, Platform Sports League. This is a great episode, something I'm really excited about, a conversation that I really got into finally kind of the mentality behind things, kind of the psychology of a football player, uh, really what I want to be about here at this podcast. So um, my guest, Trayvon Reed, um, former football player, former defensive back at uh, Stony Brook University, which is the FCS school, uh, Long Island, New York, hometown. Um Trey is, so we crossed paths. I was uh, the running back coach there for two years. Trey came in as a young guy and and really grew to be a leader on the team. Actually, I left uh, the profession actually before he got to his senior year um, to watch him grow to kind of his full potential. But always um, energetic guy, loved to play football, which is really what we talked about a whole lot. Um, and really, and from the home state of New York, right? This guy's from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised, played high school football at Fort Hamilton High School, um, and came aboard a college football program that's really skyrocketing in the FCS ranks. So uh, part of the CAA, Colonial Athletic Association, if you don't know about it and you're a parent or a kid that's, that's looking to be recruited um, and get to that next level of college football, CAA is a great league, um, a great competition with the likes of James Madison, Richmond, William & Mary, uh, Delaware, Maine, Villanova, so many different schools, man. Uh, huge football, huge programs. Um, so it was exciting to just kind of to get back in touch with Trey, um, Coach Trey, as they call him now. Uh, he had a great career at Stony Brook football. We talked a little bit about what he does after he created what's called DB Movement, um, where he trains and mentors young guys from from New York City um, as far as DB training and a whole lot more. So really excited about this conversation. It was great to catch up with Trey, and um, I appreciate you guys tuning in again. Real quick plug, if you are a middle school athlete or know of a middle school athlete, whether you're a parent, friend, uncle, cousin, whatever, um, CEPSL, Collectively Evolving Platform Sports League. Seven on seven league. It's a middle school league. Seventh, eighth, and actually ninth graders uh, here in Indianapolis. Four week season. We got four teams. Uh, only room for 60 kids. Um, it's going to be a fire league, man. We're really excited about it. Um, I want you guys to go check out all the information on platformsportsleague.com. If you have any questions, Feel free to reach out, and I got your answers. Let's get it in. Trey, can oh. you hear me? No, I can hear you. What's going on, man? What's going on, coach? Hey. Good, good to see you, bro. I know. It's been what? Like, what? Well, I, was I was thinking of that. I don't even know how long it's been. All right. <laughs> Trey Reed, man, give me, a, uh, give me a quick intro to yourself. Let the world know who you are and kind of where you're coming from. All right, uh, I'm Trayvon Reed. Um, now I'm known as Coach Trey. Um, you know, I went to Stony Brook. Uh, I played there from 2013 to uh, 2017, in which I played defensive back. Which uh, 2017, I made third team all conference in the CA, which was, you know, took a while. It took a while. I must no say, doubt, it took man. a while. That's awesome. We'll get uh -huh. into the CAA, man. That's that's a legit <laughs> legit league. But anyway, go ahead. Um, 
now I run DB movement. Um, it's pretty much a defensive back training that I do. Um, based off the fact that, you know, I went to Stony Brook, I played defensive back, and I just simply wanted to give back everything I learned from the position, everything I've studied to just the youth or anyone, any age group at this point, you know. And that was just, that's my goal ultimately, to just give back and, you know, just help these kids crash or even adults, you know, because I've worked with you NFL guys, you know. So, yeah. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. How about how about hometown? Because we're going to talk about that. From Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, Brooklyn New, New York, York. man. <laughs> um, so for for my small audience, everything, obviously, I'm in Indianapolis. So that's where I am. And that's kind of where I started building this whole thing. Um, so a lot of people I work with and talk to are from Indiana and the Midwest. And it's like, what goes on out in New York? And it's kind of uh, as far as football goes, you know what I mean? So give me an idea. I mean, born and raised, right? Brooklyn. Born and raised, Brooklyn. Give me an idea, I guess, coming up. You know, obviously this is centered around football. So I guess when did you start and kind of what was life like? What was football like? Did you start off like youth youth football? Or how old were you when you started playing, like organized football? I started playing I first started playing flag football because I was afraid to get hit at like <laughs> seven years old. So right. I started at like literally seven years old. And then uh, I think I got into like organized football when I was nine, I would say, nine years old. Okay. And, like that first week was, that, that first week was rough. Yeah. <laughs> that first week was rough, man. What do you I remember say, about I had, that? I out. Hey, man. All I know is I put on equipment and I went to hit somebody that point, I started questioning football. All rip. <laughs> no I was doubt. like, you know, I don't know about this. And at that time, I was, you know, I played baseball and I played basketball. So at that time, I was like, yeah, this football thing is not for me. Right. Uh-uh, I'm good. So you stuck and, uh, with it, though, somehow. Yeah, I stuck with it. You know, it took it. I took my, you know, my bruises, but I definitely stuck with it, though. Right. So, okay, that brings up a good point. Like, I played quarterback. I didn't like to hit, like, growing up. I think I was lucky because I played quarterback. I mean, I was on defense and stuff and just kind of run around tackling people. But, like, I guess what did you play growing up or uh, that young? When I first started organized football, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us laugh about it, but I played defensive tackle. Right. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> So you, but you were in the mix then. You were in the mix every play. Like I yeah. couldn't. I would have thought the same thing, man. I couldn't do that every play. I still couldn't, you know, if you put me in there. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got there though. So but you, uh, after that, I ended up like a year later. I ended up playing running back in uh, youth, and I played running back literally all through youth football. And then my sophomore year of college, I mean, college, of high school. I ended up playing receiver, and then that's when defensive back came along. Right. Okay. So not until high school. Yeah, not until play high DB. school. Wow. Yep. Um. So what for you? What I mean, give me an idea. What What you like most about the game? Like, what kept you coming back? Was it more of mentality? Like, I'm not going to let this win, or what did you love about it? Um, it was, it was definitely the fact that I loved the game. Like, now that I'm not playing, I realized how much I actually loved it. And I wasn't just playing just to play. 
Right. You know, and growing up, you know, especially in New York City, football is not big here. Right. And you really have to love the game to really, you know, kind of enjoy football here in New York City. But um, I don't know. I just love the game of football. It's like you can get your anger out. Yeah. You know, when you feel it's like a war, you know, it's the only place you can hit somebody, be violent and not, you know, get a charge for it. So it's like, why not do it? You know? Right. What about, what about like coaches, like those kind of figures as a young kid? I mean, what was it like in youth leagues like that? Cause I mean, everywhere around the country is different. Right. Um, so just give me an idea, I guess, culture there, culture, in the young kid football league in, in NYC? Um, it was like coaches here in New York City, even at a youth age, you know, they build toughness. And like a lot of people would definitely say New York City has tough kids. And I, I, it, it's true. That's the it's truth. Definitely true. Coaches start young, the yelling, uh, you know, on you when you're young. Right. And I was blessed and lucky that my dad was my coach. Nice. From like nine years old to, I want to say, my eighth grade or seventh grade year, and then after that, you know, he just let me right. let me go. Right. Um. Back. So. So then you get into high school. Let's talk about high school, I guess. So what high school were we talking about? Where you? Where? What school did you go to? I forget. I went to Fort Hamilton High School out in Fort Brooklyn, Hamilton. Bay Ridge. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The best, the biggest thing that I saw coming to Stony Brook. So, fast forward, Trey and I met. Um, I was a coach. I was a running back coach. Trey came in as a DB to Stony Brook, which is out in Long Island, New York. Um, and the that was really so. I've been to different schools, but that was really the main focus. Was a lot of the kids are coming from the city, right? Locally, right. and yeah. and it was kind of that pipeline and. What I saw, number one, was toughness, just just what you said, like kids that love to play football um, mm-hmm. and tough and love to be physical and just compete and have a great yeah. time doing it, man. That was one of the coolest things. Like you guys were so tight. Um, you knew each other. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the kids coming from different schools, you knew each other, and it just became this brotherhood, uh, you know. But yep. we'll get there. I'm trying to – so now <laughs> – so I guess sophomore year, you started playing DB – um, going through your junior year, or when was the first time you started getting into the conversation as far as recruiting? Like, legit starting to look at colleges, like, what am I going to do after high school? Um, I would say my sophomore year, because my sophomore year, we had uh, we had won a championship at Forms High School. And that year, I had eight interceptions and four were returned for touchdowns. And I had a, yeah. I had receiving touchdowns. I played quarterback. I had rushing touchdowns. So that season, after the season, like we had guys going D one A to Syracuse, a few of my teammates, um, Wagner. We had a few guys go to D one. And that off season, I, my first letter was from Wisconsin. My first okay. ever wow. letter came from Wisconsin. I didn't know. I didn't know to think of anything. <laughs> like I didn't think anything of it. I'm right. like, oh, Wisconsin. You know, I got a letter. And at that age, I'm not really thinking about, oh, college, college. Like, right. at that point, won a championship. I had a great season. So, it was like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go somewhere. You know? So, that's how it all, like, started. Right. 
And then I guess from there, it just builds. And now you're uh, obviously we're in different, I would say, generations when it comes to football, um, like full blown Internet, full blown stars and rankings and ratings, um, mm -hmm. camps and showcases and all that. I the point of this show, literally what I'm trying to do, like you said, trying to give back knowledge and, and uh, provide value to your DBs. But mm -hmm. my main focus is the mental around everything and really just kind of the, the that anxiety and that path like, OK, now it's time to go to college and you want to be recruited by the biggest schools. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get into that psyche of what it's like, you know, with schools coming in and out uh, of high, of your school, of your building and like who wants to talk to me, who doesn't like how did you go about that? How did you navigate that mentally, I guess? Um, being so young, you know, as a sophomore, I first I think the first coach I spoke to was Syracuse actually because a few of my teammates were going there. Right. So at that point it was like, Oh, this is like this is real and I'm what I'm in the tenth grade, you know, um, and these guys, these you know, these adults, these coaches at these institutions are coming in and speaking to me, but at that point it's like, yo, this is exciting. There was no there was no like all right, like I, maybe I need to start like paying attention more and listening to what they need to say. It was more so I was quick. I was so excited to just have the opportunity to speak to these guys. Right, right. Yeah, so that's, that's huge. why. Yeah, that was dope. And you had, I mean, obviously with that pipeline and those guys that your teammates were at these schools, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like nobody was coming to your building, right? Like people were in the hallways. You were seeing coaches, right? Yeah, I was seeing coaches like literally every day. That's what's up. And not a lot of people think about that. I mean, schools don't just go, colleges don't just show up to every single high school in the country. You know what I'm saying? So that's an opportunity yeah. in itself, just being there at a culture with kids coming out of there and creating that pipeline and say, oh, there's some talent at that school. Um, mm -hmm. So you're going to be seen at least. Um, all right. So you're going into junior season, right? Tell me about that quick and kind of, what was the summary of junior year? Junior season was, I would personally say, the turning point of everything. Because going into my junior year, we had just won a championship. I was, you know, I was that dude now. Right. You know, those guys left. So now it's technically my team. Well, it wasn't my team, but, like, it was a collective group of us. Like, now sure. this is our time. And, you know, going into this season, we started off great. Like, we just knew – we were going to win a championship again. And that was my mindset. Like, now I'm a junior. This is like, I'm like, right. I'm up there now. So, going into the year, we started hot. You know, I was playing well. And then we played against Wagner, and I had caught a singer in my shoulder. And then I had to sit out for, what, two weeks to that. Oh, wow. And then I finally came back tear my ACL. Oh, so, shoot. I didn't know that. That was like the turning point of, like, all the recruiting. Right. Because at that point, midway through the season, like, coaches were calling me, like, coming in, and then I told my ACL. And what, how, so, when, you said midway? Yep. Like, the last game of our regular season, I told my ACL. Okay. So, obviously, I'm focused on the mental, right? So, yeah. thankfully, I, you know, I had injuries, but nothing as serious as an ACL or a knee or something like that. What the yeah. heck's that like, man? Coming home like week one, where you're just adjusting to like this just happened. How do you how do you get over that? What do you do? It, or did you struggle? <laughs> I struggled. 
mm-hmm. I, I'll be fine if I said I didn't. I struggled. You guys want to parents, I struggled. It was more so the fact you sit there and you're like, how did this happen to me? Like, you see it on TV, but it's like, you won't think it's going to happen to you ever. Right. And when it did, it was like, first thing I thought was, yeah, I'm not going to college. That was the first thing. Yeah. And it was like, man, I got to play my senior season. How can I get back on the field? So, like, those first, I want to say, six months, six, seven, six, seven months. Like, it wasn't like a month or two. Right. It was just like mental. Like, me just trying to get out of my own head. Right. Did you, uh, uh, did you hit like therapy right away? Like what resources were in place for you there? Like, was it, um, was it a good setup or no? I didn't get surgery. It happened in November. I didn't, I don't think I got surgery until December. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was I was going to therapy for my shoulder because I had got the stinger. Got it, and right. one day I had walked back in there in crutches and they were like, wait, <laughs> what happened? I was like, I'm ACL. So now I had to do therapy on my shoulder and my knee. Right. So I was like, yeah, man. come on. <laughs> Shoot, man, that's tough. And like I said, it's, you know, you're going through that process where there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of insecurity, right? Like uh, with the recruiting game and it's like, who likes me? I, I like them kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's a yep. weird, it's a weird game. Um, but now you're down, you're at the, you know, hit rock bottom. Like, what would you, what would be your advice for living through that for somebody that hits that junior year or senior year has that big injury and like what would some be some words of advice so pretty much you know honestly just accept it you know because at that point there's nothing you can do about it you know the only thing you can do at this point is grind grind to get back on the field and if you really love you know playing football or any sport you know you'll put the time in to get back on like get back and that was like after a while, I was just like, you know, with the support of my family, my friends, my teammates, you know, just people around me and just continuously, you know, motivating me like, yo, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. And after a while, it like kind of dawned on me like, you know what, let me get, let me get right. Mm-hmm. Let me get my own head for a little bit. And that's what happened, you know, you just gotta, you gotta push yourself. Like you will find yourself pushing yourself to new limits at that point. Because you pretty much start from square root one at that yeah, point. Like, yeah, you no doubt. You had to learn again, run again. Like, you pretty much starting all over again. So when did you, I guess, so that happened junior year, fall. When did you get back on the field? When did you feel 100% comfortable, I guess? And when, tell me about that moment, I guess. Like, that mental going back into the game and saying, like, I, I don't know. Are you timid? Can you be timid? Or when is it time to let it loose? Yeah, um, uh, I think I finally got comfortable again because I missed the first three games of my senior season, which was tough. Um, But I think I finally got comfortable probably like week six after taking like hits to my leg. And now I'm like, you know what? I'll play offense. Because when I first got back, I didn't play offense because I was kind of scared to get hit in the leg again. Got it. Did Literally, the injury my happen first... on offense? Got yeah, it. Yeah, I was that quarterback. Oh shoot! Yeah. And we ran a sweep. I cut back, and yeah. Damn. And then uh, and then like the my literally my first play back, I got hit in the leg. Man. Literally the first play back on the field, I was like, okay, it held <laughs> up, but like I still wasn't comfortable until like another few weeks. Right. 
year. So that's crazy. Okay, so no. senior year, you're rolling. Uh, when do the colleges come back in, and kind of what those what are those conversations like? I guess. Mm-hmm. So it all started this summer, going into my senior year, because obviously the schools knew I had summer ACL and everything. Right. Um, and it was just crazy because that summer I had finally uh, heard about Stony Brook. That's when I heard about because my teammate Romani Garrick, you know, okay, Armani, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had went to the Ruckus camp and met Coach. Uh, Coach Woods. Coach okay. Woods. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, they connected there and, you know, me and him spoke about it. Um, and then, you know, I spoke to, I forgot who I spoke to at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to a few coaches and it was one week and I went up to Temple and I was, I was pretty much committed. Right. And to, to Temple. Temple. Yeah. Got it. That's like that was like where I was going. Right. And um, that summer, a lot of schools were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna wait for your senior year to see how you, you know, come back and everything." And then senior year came, and these coaches were still around. Right. But then I noticed like a lot of them dwelled off. You mm-hmm. know, you start to less phone calls, less text messages. You know, so that's when. Right. Like I think that's when I'm like my bond with Stony Brook became so strong because they was there the whole time who was uh who was recruiting you like individually do you know coach thompson, coach thompson. on it tony thompson yep. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> one of the best uh one of the best new york city and that area recruiter man great guy yes, nice, nice. He, he he showed like that he showed a lot of love and which you know was was important to me personally because right. I just got off the ace up here. At that point, I'm like, you know what, hell with these coaches. Right. You know, at that point, I'm like, yo, college is not looking too bright. And, you know, he was just consistent, very consistent. So, and that's, that's how it all came up. Yeah. So you just mentioned two things. So important to, to a kid coming out of high school, like what are the qualities that you want to see in somebody that's recruiting you from a school? You talked about consistency and, and mm-hmm. just being there, being authentic, right? Is there anything else that kind of struck you that you felt comfortable with? Um, just the environment at Stony Brook. Cause I went on, I went there for a, a home came, a homecoming game, you know, money again, I forgot. Which is the game. best game to go to. Yep. The best game right <laughs> there. Uh, they had played against Colgate and the environment was just lovely. Yep. And I think within recruiting to all my younger athletes out there, you definitely don't fall in love with the name. Like that's one thing I wish I didn't do was fall in love with those names. Right. As such as like, Alabama, the Clemson, the Ohio State, those those powerhouse names. Like one thing someone told me was it's okay to be a big fish in a small pond. But don't always you don't always have to be in a big pond. Okay. You know? And that's a huge one, message, man. Huge. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, take just if you want to go D1AA, go d one Like, it's nothing wrong with it. And it's proven in it because everybody's mindset is I'm going to the league. Right. And honestly, you can make it to the league from anywhere. No that's doubt. my if, if you're doing what you need to do, they'll find you. Right. I think about that all the time. I, you know, I took my shot as kind of the small fish in, in a big pond. And it was like, man, if I went to a smaller, you know, a one double a school and I actually, so I went as a quarterback and I got moved to safety, but it's like, 
my dream was to play quarterback and it was like the, the reality is you want to get reps you want to get you need to get on film on the field you know what i'm saying you're not going to do much uh, coming from the bench so it's like i always wondered what if what if what if but at the same time in the same breath i would say no regrets whatsoever right so you make a decision <laughs> you make a decision and go for it and it turned out great for me but um you know to each their own so it's, it's really interesting to hear that man that's cool yeah. um so but definitely, I would definitely say, you know, just take the time out to sit down with your coach, you know, really, really get to know him. Right. You know, uh, and just make sure when you do take your visit, everything is authentic. Because coaches, coaches will tell you anything just to get you to take school. Remember. No doubt. He got to bring in kids too. Right. Right. They got a job. They got income and responsibility for sure. And one of the cool things, I don't know if it's it always at, at that level, but like especially at Stony Brook with Coach Priori, um, mm-hmm. there was not a ton of turnover. You know what I'm saying? As far as staff, so you know, I, obviously it's college football coaching. Like people come in, people go, but at the same time, there was a there was always that kind of central group of coaches that created that yep. culture, which is huge for a player to come in and and know that community. You know, that that was definitely huge. Cause my time there, I think, like obviously coaches came in and out, and right. you know, you left. Yeah, I was one um, of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you was one of them, but it was pretty much the same core. Like right. Coach Hemp was the coordinator my whole time until my senior year. So what? Like Coach Max was there, Coach Richards was there. Like those guys were still there the whole time I was there. Yep. Like we didn't. There was no drop off as having to always meet a new person every year. Right. You know, just on a defensive side. Yeah, that's huge. What can you give me? All right, so now we're at Stony Brook, uh, mm. in in Long on Long Island. Yeah. I guess culture wise, I mean, you know, what was it like? Locker room, teammates. What was life like as a player there? Because obviously, I didn't see that side. <laughs> hey man, I just, you know it's funny. I was just talking to one of my boys, Coop, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, I kind of miss Stony Brook because it's not it's not a big school, right?" And you find yourself kind of knowing a lot of people. Like, you kind of know the community. And the community knows you. And Stony Brook was just, it was, it was, it was like a good time, I would say. Sure. It was definitely a good time. It was a good vibe, you know. Um, and I enjoyed it because the relationships I built there, I know it's going to carry on for the rest of my life. Right. Like I still all, like, pretty much all the dbs like i still talk to them yeah um not all of them but you know right. uh yeah uh but you know i still talk to pretty much a lot of people from that yeah. my time there and well, even you know i still talk to coach rich coach right. thompson you know i still talk to those guys so it's never it was it wasn't just football that was the one thing i would say right there was always those conversations outside of football like how are you doing today like how's school how's everything um, you know, and that's what, that's what it's about, you know, Absolutely. Like, there's so much football, there's life. There's no doubt, man. The relationships that are, that are made there are so strong and stay strong forever. But, um, one of the cool things that I saw, so Stony Brook was a growing school, right? And it's a new, it was a new football program. I don't know when it was no disrespect, but I don't know the, all the history, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't old and it jumped up through the divisions like started off as a division three school like in the 80s and was already up to when you got there one double a division one football program so 
with that being said, you guys, your group were kind of a part of a group that created that New York uh, identity because a lot of the times there were, you know, guys from smaller towns and things like that, but a lot of transfers were coming in to kind of build the program. But your class and the classes around you uh, really created that identity of that toughness, that constant, like your class might have been one of the first classes that were there all four or five years, you know what I'm saying? So that's something cool to be a part of for sure. Definitely was. We definitely felt like, you know, because my first four years there, we didn't make the playoffs. And my senior year, we finally, you know, right. kicked the walls down. Let's get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that just came from, I feel like, you know, obviously working hard, but the bond that we had as a group, like we all had one mindset. And it was just that one goal of, yo, let's get to the playoffs. Right. Like let's let's kick the door down, and when we get there, let's make something happen. That's awesome. And that was our mindset that year. That's awesome. Go to I guess because my favorite part of football, the science of football, right? Techniques, the X's and O's. Give me a little something. I guess that was I guess most popular, or you know, one of the key schemes that you guys always ran, or techniques that you were always comfortable with. Um, at Sony, we ran a lot of quarters, yep. which is. It's, it's, it's like man, and, but there's rules to it. I can't really get into it. You know, right. Tony Rook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also did the shuffle technique, which I enjoyed. I, I had I had, I had mixed feelings about it. Okay. You know, at first, when I first got there, I was like, man, I want to pedal. I want to pedal because I came from playing safety. Okay, and now right. I'm at corner and shuffle. And I think probably my junior senior year I started to kind of feel more comfortable with it I'm like it's kind of predetermined which foot you're playing off of right which True. things a lot easier you know there was no t-step there was no motor it was just plant and drive and did you while you say that but there's one single foot that you're playing on because of the shuffle technique did you play on like one side all along or were you boundary to or field or move you know what I'm saying Yep, play to the field. To okay. Yep. So it wasn't one leg, one foot every play. So depending on what side of the field you were. All right. So take me real <laughs> quick. Take us through that shuffle technique. So obviously that's a part of quarter quarters, right? And yep. you're and this is general. This isn't specific to uh, a school or a scheme, but you're where are your eyes starting off. So if you're in quarters technique, uh, and that's kind of mm-hmm. like you said, kind of like a man zone. If somebody goes away, somebody's coming back. Give me an yep. idea where your eyes are to start to play, and we're talking pass at least. Okay. Um, Let's say two. Know, all right, two receivers out to the field. So two split receivers. Okay. Let's say we are in. I can't really do too much of this, but you know, if we're in cover three, my first, my odds are to the quarterback over it. You know. Right. And my first sets are like. I'm pretty much not even moving. I'm going to be honest. Right. And those are my three-step reads. Like, my three-step is my quick slant, my quick out, you know, hitch, anything that now, my screens, you know. So, my first two steps is, like, I'm getting my information from the quarterback, which is, like, my slow shuffle, you know, easy. And now, from there, I pick up into, if I see play action or five-step drop, now I'm picking it up into a crossover. And then that crossover, let's say we in cover three, right? I'm midpointing one and two. So I'm literally splitting right. one and two. 
Okay. And, but I'm not crossing the hash. I'm never crossing the hash. Love this. I love this talk right here, man. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. So. So, uh, uh, let's say we're, let's say we're in quarters, for example, and this is something, you know, I've seen studying film and say we got two receivers. My read was two to one. Right. So I still had that same three-step demeanor, but my three-step demeanor now had to be a little quicker in a sense because now I got my odds to two and not the quarterback. So I right. can't really see everything now. I can't see the whole picture. Right. But I can still see it from the corner of my eye. But my eyes are on two. Right. So and you're saying to simplify the picture right here, quarters – uh, when when Trey says number two, we're talking about the two number two receiver. So the guy on the most outside outside receiver is the number one receiver, and then the man inside of him is number two. So in a way, you're looking at number two, but your eyes are seeing through him and understanding the quarterback's demeanor as well. Which is crazy, people. All right, the, the simple people that watch football, which is great, and fans, do you understand the difficulty of that technique? Anyway, so and then number two can basically do, you know, one of three things, right? He can run. He could be running vertical, right? Yep. He could be out right away to you or he can go mm -hmm. in right away to you and kind of I know I understand you don't have to go through all of that. But, you know, okay. there's different things that you're doing on, uh, depending on what two does. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much it. Like everything you're doing is based off two. And now, as you see two, you also got to remember, you got to see in the corner of your eye, one. Because now, if that two goes away, you got to snap your eyes to one and find him now. Right. And don't forget, he might be screaming down the football field and running right past you. So, there's a, obviously a sense of urgency in the cushion and all that. That's great, man. I love that. I love that. So, uh, you know, finished up a great career, obviously, at Stony Brook. Playoffs the senior year, right? Um, yep. And then they went, how many years after that? Two in a row or was it three in a row? Ooh, I think they went the year after. I don't think they went last year. Right. Cool, man. They and they made a run. They made a run after. But, you know, and that's all in, in test, a testament to kind of what's going on there. Uh, Coach Chuck Priori and his staff, um, tons of respect over there they're doing some big things man yeah. and the and even the administration and the support they got the indoor facility put up there they got the pipeline to long island and, and new york city football man underrated underrated so awesome they, all right they definitely build that program no doubt no doubt um so you get out right the real world hits and so when um talking about db movement as well did that happen, that startup, right after graduation? Or kind of when did you get back? When did you start up with that? Um, right after graduation, I was kind of in the, the moment. And I'll be completely honest with you. I was in that, that phase of, you know, do I train for pro day? Do I not train for pro day? Can my body hold up? Man, we uh, were all in that same position, man. <laughs> I lived that for sure. You know, I was at that, that phase, but, you know, I decided to, you know, give the pro day a shot, and I went to Virginia and I trained at TNDO Gym with uh, Giovanni Ruffin and my my boy Corey out there, and I trained for pro day. You know, it was a great time, um, a lot of hard work, and throughout that time, I think it started to resonate to me like, hey, like I think I want to do something with DB. Right. Like 
throughout that time because you know they taught me a lot of good stuff there and just from coach rich as well uh coach Kemp, just being around just those two at stony brook and then meeting you know mr giovanni ruffin at tndl it was just so much i learned from those three right and and also my high school coach rest his soul coach sanchez and all four of those guys i had learned so much and after pro day i was sitting there i'm like you know it is what it is i want to give back now that's when oh, that wow. hit me like, like so instantly that's great yeah exactly so that's when it really hit me like i want to be a coach and i didn't really start db training until pro day was in march by june that's okay. when i was like I want to do it. So you hit it. And now are, are you, you're coaching at school too, right? At, at, yep. at high school. Right. Um, yep. that's what's up, man. As far as real quick, I have to mention coach hemp and coach rich. Cause it'd be coach rich would be pissed if I didn't mention his name, man. So <laughs> great, God, no doubt. Great friend of mine. Great DB coach, uh, coach Hempill, Lyle Hempill came up from, uh, the, Delaware ranks and and grinded man grinded into a defensive coordinator spot um and now is the defensive coordinator at Wake Forest and uh he actually so we met my first my first job was at Hofstra uh, mm-hmm. rest in peace to the Hofstra football program but uh <laughs> coach Hemp was the DB coach I was kind of his assistant making nothing but uh learned a ton from him and he actually was the one that hooked me up and got me the job at Stony Brook when I was at another school. So uh, tons of respect for him, man. Great coach. And so is Coach Rich and everybody else over there. All right, so you're back in the high school ball, uh, DB training. Um, give me an idea, uh, like you said, you know, what's, what's the mission behind what you're doing right now um, and where do you see kind of that movement going and, you know, the plan for it, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, the the purpose of it was simply me giving back to the youth, you know, and right now I feel like this is an important time in our society and this world. The youth just need some direction. And, you know, ultimately I don't want DB movement to just be a DB training. Right. To, you know, some more things, you know, as far as impacting the community, doing different things for the youth, you know. Just a, a few different things I wanted to lead to. And me doing this training and, you know, coaching is obviously to give these kids knowledge and insight on things I learned right. at that And, you know, and things I'm still learning from a few of my teammates at the end of the stuff. And it's just to give back to them. So when those moments come for them, they've been there. Right. You know? so and that's what's like, crazy, not to cut you off, but when you say that, like, you don't think you have that knowledge until basically you come back into a crowd and it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, this flows easy for me, right? Like, you were at Stony Brook and, and even through high school and getting grilled every day with this technique and being bothered with this stuff to the point where your head's going to explode. But now you're out uh, transferring it to, the, to another group and it's like, man, I know way more than the average dude. So... That's that's great that, you know, like you said, the the purpose behind it is to give this knowledge to those younger guys and, and really spread the word and even do more. So I respect the crap out of that, man. Absolutely. What uh, talking about some of the kids you see and work with, what are some major DB problems 
uh, or issues that you work on that you see a ton with maybe new kids that are coming into your program and stuff? One of the issues I see a lot, and this is like literally at every level, mm-hmm. is I discipline. Yes. At, yes. At every level. I don't care where what level it is, I discipline. And, you know, I I preach it, I preach it, I preach it. And every time I have a session, I tell my kids these four things. is like the four things that I feel like can make you a, a good DB is first, Good, you know, good stance, good base. Right. Uh, good eyes. Um, what is it? Fast arms. I believe in playing position. You gotta have fast arms. Like sometimes in the position, we tend to stop our arms. Which you know, the way the body works, you stop your arms. Your feet kind of stop when you're in the back pedal. So now your brakes aren't as clean as you would like. You're not getting out as fast as you would like. And the fourth one is just be smooth. You know, I feel like when you are just smooth things come easy when you're out there panicking and you know you just got a lot going on is when you start messing up right like this game is about being relaxed like you don't know when this game ends so enjoy it why are you putting so much pressure on yourself no doubt that's the truth man i mean any position any position really but as a db i had a major problem at safety like my junior year in college versus until to senior year and i got hurt senior year but the difference mentally, like the physical, I mean, yeah, you make your differences in the weight room and agility and all that stuff, but the mental switch that goes on when you actually know, when you're confident, like junior year, you're playing not to screw up, right? Uh, at least for me. And then yeah. senior year, or when you get to that, like you're the guy, it's second nature and you get to be an athlete. And it's like a lot of a lot of guys struggle with that. Um, and it's tough. It's like, you know, you get, get in the film room, get in the film room. Well, it, it's like, how do you watch film and how do you learn? Um, mm-hmm. so that's the cool thing as far as, like, finding different approaches with kids and trying to get an understanding of how they learn, man. But, yeah, yeah. that switch. Talk about that. Like, when did you feel that? Did you, oh, like, that's as a that comfortable, especially at Coach Hemp's defense wasn't an easy defense, right? Not <laughs> at all. It definitely was wasn't. Like, it definitely wasn't. But I think I became comfortable. Oh, man. Obviously, my senior year, I had a better, a great year. Right. I feel like my sophomore year, I I was comfortable. But I felt like my junior year wasn't my best year because I felt like I put too much pressure on myself. And, you know, after having, like, a pretty decent sophomore year, it was like I applied so much pressure on myself that I kind of, you know, got into my head a little bit my junior year. And I forgot to have fun playing. And that's what led to senior. And I was just like, you know what? Hell with it. I'm just going to have fun, man. No doubt. That's what it led to. You were always the guy smiling, man. That smile never left your face. (laughs) If you literally, like, everybody could say, like, just have fun. Like, you were a guy that had fun, man. And I, I respect that because I shit. (laughs) <laughs> my anxiety was at a sky level playing football, man. And I was just like, please don't screw up. Please don't screw up. But literally to me, that's the difference. If you could relax yourself and relax your mind and just go out there and do what you've always done for those, since you were seven years old, like that's yeah. when, that's when you make plays. So, um, that's cool, that, man. That's also a, a huge testament to the people around my teammates, you know, Tyrese Everett, Chris Cooper, Gavin Heslow, Darren Perry, like, mm. uh, 
so many Ballers. people. Like, yes, dude. Like, Devontae. Devontae. Like, it was just so many dudes. Winston, like, those guys led the way, you know. Yep. And just Rich Coach Hemp. And they just made you, you know, kind of feel comfortable. Like, you felt comfortable with that group. You always felt comfortable with that people with that group. Always. Right. right. That's so. amazing, man. Well, cool. How about, you know, just thinking about years to come, future, like what's in front of you? What, what do you want to happen, I guess? Uh, you know, not everybody has a plan. I'm 37. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, you kind of right there, you just kind of made me, you know, take a, a sigh, sigh relief. <laughs> no Every doubt. Every day I'm like, oh, what am I about to do? I'm 25. I'll be 26 next week. I'm like, yo. I need to get my life together. Young as hell, but man. Now you say that, it's like, you know, life, like, like you got to take what life kind of gives you, you know? Right. Um, but ultimately, I still want to coach, you know. Ultimately, at some point down the line, I want to be a head coach somewhere. Right. High school. Right. Um, This DB movement thing, I wanted to, you know, build. I want to build it. But like I said, ultimately, it's not just about me training BBs or whatever position it is. Right. It's more so about the knowledge and me building these young men. Right. And prepare them not just for, you know, future endeavors in football, but in life, you know. No doubt. Like, helping them understand, like, it's just a game. Like, there's once it's over, it's over, you know. You did what you did, and now there's the life after it. And right. help them understand that aspect of it. I respect that, man. I think uh, if there's one thing I learned, even, you know, my age right now, like regardless of how old, you're still younger than you think. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and uh, like the most important thing I've learned literally within the last two years, it's like how much value can you provide to your community? And your community might be my three kids in the house or, you know, the five DBs that you're coaching or whoever's listening to you. Not talking mm-hmm. about money, not talking about what you can get from them, but how much value can you provide those eyes that are looking at you? You know what I'm saying? So I really believe, I truly believe if you do that and keep doing that, stuff comes, man. Opportunities come, partnerships, and, uh, you know, all that's good stuff, man. And it's at least doing what you love doing. So I respect that, dude. I love it. <laughs> we need some more convos, man. Hey, we'll keep you know, this I'm going. always over- I'm always up. No doubt. We're uh I'm gonna get that connection going back to New York and see what what kind of things we could we could drum up for sure. I got uh you know, I, I partnered up with some some youth organizations around here um that have some great like structure and like vision to it. And uh right. definitely wanna stay in contact and just kind of share information and see if you could build something like that or something similar, man. It's always what I'm trying to do is create that circle and just like like-minded people and just mm-hmm. thinking about the same stuff and eliminate the, the distractions and the people that are just going different directions. So right. you're one of them, that's, man. Anytime, awesome. anytime you need anything, have any questions. I love what you're doing. I'll follow support what you do. Just keep it rolling. Yeah, I appreciate it. And you know, I'm always following what you do, man. Appreciate this is, this that. This is great. This is definitely great. No doubt, man. I appreciate you spreading the message, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Trey. I appreciate it. Coach Trey. Coach Trey, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. It's great to see you, man. Take care. Nice to see you too, Coach. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon.